Gail, thank you for being with us. No worries. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Uh, how did you first get involved with uh, Stargate SG-1? Oh, wow. Long story. Um, about eight years ago, um, my agent called me up, Time and Stewart, and he said, you know, we have this, uh, an audition for you on this great show. It's going to be huge. And they sent me a script and I looked at it. And I, and I mean, I, I was really young, but I could still see, you know, huge potential in Ryak and, and the show itself. And of course, I'd watched the feature film, so I was really excited in doing it. Went down, auditioned for Lynn Carroll, was the casting director at the time, and uh, never looked back from there. Really? Yeah. So you've been on board ever since? Yeah, since, since the first season. <laughs> Are you uh, yourself a fan of sci-fi? Yes, I am. Totally. Um, I guess it's a little bit of escapism for me, uh, which is, you know, inherently why I act, just to get away from reality every once in a while. So I think sci-fi is a little more interesting and allows you to use your imagination a bit more. What's your particular uh, uh, sci-fi shows that you uh, that you particularly find yourself latching onto? Um, I was really into well, obviously Stargate. Uh, I liked the premise of Seven Days that was on UPN. Mm -hmm. That was a cool show while it lasted. Um, in terms of you know kind of edgy stuff, hmm, let's see what, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say. You know, I, I don't watch that much TV. Being involved in acting. You kind of learn to see a little bit through the tricks. If I had to pick a particular sci-fi show besides Stargate, let's see, what would it be that I personally watch? Um, hmm. Hard to pin it down to just one. I mean, I, I like to I like to watch Andromeda late at night. That's a cool show. They've been doing cool stuff with that. Um, I know there's one that I'm missing, and I know if you think it's going to come to me later on the day, and I'm going to hate myself. <laughs> So yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, <laughs> I, did, I did a sci-fi show for YTV, so every once in a while that boosts my ego, I watch that. <laughs> um, you being the son of a main character, mm -hmm. was it pretty? Uh, were you told that this could easily be recurring? Yeah, well, we. I pretty much had a clear idea that you know, you know, barring me doing a horrible job and getting killed off by the writers. That, yeah, Ryak had a, a potential to be recurring. Um, I've been lucky in the fact that, you know, they've given me many an opportunity to be on the show in terms of plot, with the direction they've taken the plots. You know, Chris Judge is nice enough to write me into a couple episodes. Mm -hmm. and he's, a great work, he's a great writer, so it's nice working with the scripts. You, uh, you've technically been in six episodes, Redemption 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. uh, which would you consider to be your personal favorite? Hmm. Tough question. Um, you know, Ryak as a character is developed. You know, in every episode that he that, it, that I'm on, that you know, I try and you know learn from the experience and try and bring something to the character. So I'd say the last episode that I did, Sacrifices. Overall, you know, I, I got to be a little bit more involved. You know, in terms of the action, my character got developed a little bit more and mm -hmm. get married. So I'd have to say that that was definitely my favorite episode because it, it brings the story along. You know and um, if I could choose one besides that, it would be Redemption Part One. It was a very it was one of my favorite episodes in terms of the acting. It's very difficult. You had to play that a little bit darker. Yeah, to so. beat the crap out of your dad. Yes, that I did. <laughs> it was, um, and they were interesting shooting those scenes. You know, um, in fact, the scene outdoors there where I'm I'm hitting literally hitting Tilk. I made connect. I connected with one of those hits mm. on Chris Judge. I actually, hit him in the face. Those those staffs are heavy, you know. So it was uh, 
it was intense. We kept on going, and I think that was pretty much one of the cuts that we used. Since we really? Actually made contact, yeah. Wow. Thankfully, Chris is a tough guy who fought through it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, tell us about working with Christopher Judge. You call him the judge. Yeah, the judge. Um, Chris, I have to say, I, is, is one of the actors that had a lot of influence in my career. You know, in terms of when I first started the show, I was a little kid and he, he, he went a long way to making me feel comfortable. You know, all, always, he's always making jokes. He's always making sure that everyone on the set has, has a big smile on their face, you know. Um, working with Chris is kind of like hanging out with one of your good buddies. It's a very, very comfortable feeling. And that goes for the entire cast. Michael Sharing, Samantha Tapping, you know, Rick Dean himself. RDA is, is probably one of the funniest people ever to work with because he's always, uh, he's always got an, an idea of what's going on more better than you have, you know. <laughs> and, and he knows it. You know, I, I, like, I like working with this cast. It's like, you know, you walk on a set, it's like clockwork. Everyone knows what they're doing, even, even you know, the people behind the camera. I, I have no complaints at all working with this production, and that's that's coming. That's saying a lot. If you want to hear an actor complain, give him a job, right? Right. So, no <laughs> complaints from me. <laughs> what about Tony Amendola? Ah, oh, Tony, man. What, what? What can you say about Tony? I mean, the guy is working with him is like is like sitting at the the feet of a, of a sage. You know, he's just got he's just got this energy when you're doing scenes with him. You can't help but be brilliant, you know? He just gives you so much to work with, and he just pulls you into the moment. No matter what you're doing, he pulls you into it. Uh, Tony, if you're working with Tony, just kick back and let yourself go, because he's going he's gonna to help you. The paginess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's going to help you into the scene. Um, probably one of, the, uh, one of the most developed actors in terms of his craft that I've ever worked with, because it's just it's like a switch, you know? And... It, and he, he, he just fights and brings you into the moment. I, I can't say anything more than that, you know? Mm. His, his energy just really pulls you into it, and there's, there's nothing you can do but be there with him. Mm. Uh, after, out of all these years uh, working on the show, what is uh, the most poignant memory? What is the first thing that hits your mind after all these years? It's being in the GVRD when it's raining and I couldn't tell you specifically what episode it was but you know you're on hour 12 or 13 or 14 and it's raining and everybody's cold and that feeling you get when you're on the 14th page of your script and it's just like clockwork and everyone's working together and everyone's making compromises and grinning down and bearing it you know the sense of teamwork that comes off this crew is just amazing and yeah I always remember down at the 11th hour when you know, we're running out of daylight, the pressure's on, and everyone buckles down together. It's just a feeling of teamwork. It's like 200 people all working towards the same thing, the same beautiful thing. That's, that's my most poignant memory, is that feeling I get. Awesome. Yeah. So it was like getting close to evening and... Yeah, it's, you know, it's the, the sun's going down, we're losing the light, you know, and there's all this pressure, and it's raining, and people are cold, and, you know, by all accounts, we should be miserable and complaining, but... You look around and everyone just loves what they're doing. Everyone's 100% dedicated to it. And this show, you know, it takes every single person to be there. If, if we were missing one person out of the crew, you know, the show would fall to pieces. That's my favorite memory. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you ever relate to Ryak being estranged from uh, his father? No. You know, that, that, that was definitely a stress for me. My, 
my dad and, and my mom and I are super close. In fact, my dad comes to Stargate set with me, even, mm. even now that I'm 20, and I don't need him to come set with me anymore. I like having my dad on set, and he likes being there. So we're, we were really, really close. And even when I was a little kid, I always had my dad with me. So it was a bit of a stretch, you know, inherently trying to feel that alienation. Um, I couldn't tell you what motivated, you know, my, the, the way my acting came across. I think, you know, it was a stretch and all I could do was just think about what it would be like not having my dad around, you know, and I, 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 even just saying that right now, I get a kind of feeling of loneliness, you know, because my dad's always around and we're friends. So that's, that's really where the performance came from, just thinking about, okay, what if my dad wasn't there, right. waiting, holding on to my hot chocolate, so right. as soon as the director says cut, he's going to hand it to me, you know? So Ryak experienced a great deal of loneliness probably, especially after his mother died. Mm -hmm. And that uh, spawned quite a bit of anger in him mm -hmm. because he believed that Teal was uh, greatly responsible. Right. I mean, the conflict for Ryak was trying to justify his dad's behavior. I mean, on one hand, he's trying to stop the rebellion. On the other hand, like, hey, he should be here with me, teaching me things, mm -hmm. you know? Um, sitting back and looking at the character, those feelings really play a huge part in how the performance comes across, more so than I thought they would. You know, once I see it on film, it's like, wow, you know, there's a lot of angst. Um, hopefully, like this season and with sacrifices, Ryak is trying to resolve some of those issues and work through them. And I hope he does. And I hope, you know, I have a chance to show that. Because, yeah, he's not a, he, his father wasn't there for him, you know? Mm -hmm. But he's not a kid any longer. Mm -hmm. He's got a, a huge part to play in this rebellion. It's time for him to buckle down and just realize what's in the past is in the past. And now we need to muscle down and see if we can take care of this rebellion. Right. Yeah. Um, Dreyak, she was played by both Sally Richardson and Brooke Parker. Mm -hmm. um, were there any challenges to bonding with the new mom? Hmm. Good question. I, I, don't, I don't think so. You know, um, I personally, I didn't have any problems. You know, I know that uh, maybe for Chris, you know, getting that emotional attachment. And, like, we laugh, you know, but, I mean, yeah, Chris has to get emotionally attached. I know that he's, he's very, you know, connected with women. He's good at, no, he taught, me, he, he taught me all I need to know about the ladies. I'll give him that much. But uh, I never really had a problem, you know, connecting. I think um, the idea of, you know, having a mom especially when you're acting, you can go from one person to another because it's the same set of values, it's the same set of, you know, relationships. Mm -hmm. So it, it can bounce around from one to another. Um, thankfully, they're both great actresses, so uh, that helps a lot, too. Season two's family. Mm -hmm. You had the interesting challenge of uh, playing your role in two ways. And most of it, he was dark side the mm -hmm. entire time. Yeah. Did you enjoy going in that direction? Yeah, that... The scene where I was in the holding cell with yeah. Chris and I spit in his face. As a young actor, that scene was like a milestone in my career because up until that point, I'd been playing, you know, the kid, you know, and just, just really simple roles. And then when I looked at that script, I thought, wow, I really have to prepare and buckle down. And at the same time, I was excited because all my life I've wanted to do with the hard parts, you know, the difficult Sitting in parts. an adult's face. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, and, and, and yeah, when, 
when we were rehearsing that scene and Chris said, you know what, man, if it's going to help you, if you want to get in the moment, just really spit on me. I, I don't mind. And I was like, wow. So it was, a, it was actually my spit. And oh, my gosh. The, the crew on that particular day, you know, just helped me so much build up that, that anger. I mean, we, it took about six hours to shoot that scene, and I, and I was really pacing. And, I, and I, I can't really explain it to you. It was like having butterflies in your stomach constantly. And it, it kind of annoys you, you know, and you build up this tension. I remember punching the door. I, I, in one of the takes, I punched the door really hard and put a dent in it. And of course, it's continuity, so we had to pull the wall out and replace the door. Uh-huh. And put it back in, you know, which, which added to my frustration. It, I have to say that was one of the first moments in my acting career when I actually they said cut and I actually had to step away from the moment. Really? And let it go away from me, yeah. And Chris really helped me with that, you know. He wasn't afraid to hold on to me and squeeze me. He wasn't. He said, "Man, swing that chair to hit me. Swing it to hit yeah. me. Don't swing it to just like you know, yeah. miss." You know. So he really helped me along. That was a big moment in my acting career. Was that scene? That had to take a lot of trust too, because you were swinging to hit him, and you yeah. just had to trust that he was going to stop it. Yeah, of course. Right. And that that of course adds you know adds to our relationship. Chris and I have mm-hmm. a lot of trust in each other, mm-hmm. which is cool. Very um, casual. You know, I'll walk on a set. I haven't seen him in six months. Hey, man, I was going, oh, not too bad. Like, you know, I've been hanging out all week. You know? It's a very relaxed, trusting atmosphere. You were away for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you returned in season six in the uh, opening two-parter. How old were you when you returned? I was 17. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was it, uh, at that point, did you think you weren't going to be back? Or was it like, well... Um, well... I'd been watching the show and, you know, keeping my ear to the streets, discussions about how many seasons were going. I knew it was winding down and, the, you know, they had to bring some resolution. So I was just waiting, you know. Um, uh, I knew that they couldn't just completely ignore the character anyway, so mm-hmm. I didn't feel abandoned or anything. Mm-hmm. Coming back was a great feeling, though, don't get me wrong. Um, it had been quiet that year, and so, you know, MGM really gave me an opportunity to get back in my craft, which I was very thankful for. And especially a two-part thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was laughing, and I was very happy to do the two-part. Um, I wasn't worried about my character, though, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gate World reader Fred would like uh, to know if you had to do anything to refamiliarize yourself with the role after being away for so long. Well, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, before I come into a show, Fred, I, uh, I'll do that right in the camera for you now. Um, I totally, uh, you know, watch a couple episodes, go to the Space Channel, uh, and I watch Chris a lot, you know. Um, I try to get into that vibe of, you know, show his side of the very, you know, in, indelible warrior, like nothing's going to phase him, but Ryak definitely has, and to a point, the more stronger side of Ryak's personality is, is his mom's side, you know. Yeah. And... and, and and we didn't we didn't really get to see too much of my mom, so I try and I try and think about okay, I'm the son of a respected warrior, but I'm also more of a poet. I always thought of Rack, his strengths being in philosophy. You know, we haven't got a chance to see it yet. No, physically I'm not the biggest individual, right? I think um, even though a Jaffa warrior is three times stronger than any human, um, I still think Rack's strength is in his mind more than anything else. So I just try and really focus on how I'm going to bring that to the character appropriately to the script, you know. I don't I don't I don't want to work outside of what the writers have given me. Otherwise, you know, you're not being true to the story. So right. good question, Fred. <laughs> and there's more. Okay. Uh, Gate World reader Christina 
She would like to know if you could single out one particular thing you have liked about playing the character. Hmm. Well, Chris, um, and I'm sure that's a nickname of yours. Um, favorite thing about playing Ryak is that kind of, I, I want to say hoity-toity, but the kind of carriage that he has to himself, you know, the, the noble kind of air he carries himself with. Um, it's fun to walk around and kind of, you know, <laughs> pretend to be royalty for a little bit, you know? That, that's probably my favorite thing about playing Ryak. Or, or the chance to work, you know, in a little bit of martial arts with the staff. Mm. Um, it's it's really something I, I pride myself on is being physically fit. I've always been interested in martial arts, so being Ryak, he's a warrior, and that uh, that aspect that you don't see it too much on film. But I always try and brush up on you know my martial arts before I get on the set in case they ask me to do anything. Then I can actually pull it off and make it look real. You said uh, you sometimes considered uh, Teal and his family as being royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, that dynamic is very interesting because. In a lot of ways, Teal'c is considered as a high exalted one among the Jaffa. Of course. Do you think that could change Ryak's personality down the road? I think there's a lot of responsibility, a lot to live mm-hmm. up to, being son of Teal'c of Tulak, you know, first prime of Apophis. Mm-hmm. And, and when I said royalty, I didn't actually mean like, you know, he's part of the monarchy of this Jaffa culture, but he's royalty in, in my eyes and in every other Jaffa warrior out here, whether they're loyal to the cause or not. They cannot help but, you know, accept the fact that he was, yeah, the first prime of Apophis. They have to admire him. And uh, it's a lot of responsibility. So I think it it is a very interesting dynamic. And um, I'd like to see how, you know, my responsibilities play into that. Uh, If, you know, if during this rebellion, if it gets even more to a point, Will, will people look to me and say, well, you're son of Teal'c, you should know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's interesting to see how they're going to play it out. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely it's an aspect that, you know, is never far from our minds. Right. Yeah. Uh, Gitworld reader Melinda would like to know if uh, the cast and crew ever treated you like a child or if it was uh, more of an equal. Um, the cast and crew didn't treat me like a child per se as the rules of our union, our actors union, treated me like a child when I was younger. Now, I could only work 10 hours a day maximum, and then I'd have to be offset no matter what. And I, I, would, I would get really mad, you know, and I'd want to stay and I'd want to work. And please let me finish the scene. I, I want to do it. I don't care about the rules. But, um, you know, the rules are the rules, and we have to watch our young performers and make sure, you know, they don't take, get taken advantage of. So the cast and crew was really, really, were really, really good to me. They never patronized me in, in any way, shape, or form, though. You know, when you're on a set, you get treated like an adult, like an equal, which is really cool. I mean, uh, I have to say I grew up quick, quicker than most, just because, you know, you're hanging out with an adult, and you get treated like an adult, and you have to pull your own weight, so. Right. Yeah. Right. They never patronized me, but um, they treated me like an equal, and the rules were the only thing that kind of reminded me that I was a kid. You know? so. <laughs> But now I don't have to worry about that. I can work 16 hours if I want to. <laughs> Gateworld reader Casey would like to know if you're satisfied with the development of Ryak for all these years. He went from a little boy getting his print on mm-hmm. to marriage with Corinne. You know, I have to say, yeah. Um, I'm satisfied, you know, in the way the character's developed. Um, that is to say, there's always room for improvement, you know what I mean? Um, 
I'd really like to see him get involved in more of the action stuff per se. I mean, yeah, I've done I've done quite a few, you know, uh, action things on my own, the bombing run and stuff, which is right, which is very cool to do. But you know, I wouldn't mind going on, uh, uh, wouldn't going out to a planet the SG1 team, you know, and getting involved, you know, more to a point because I think Raft has these capabilities. You know, he's he's a very good warrior and he's he's very stealthy. I like to think of him as stealthy. So, <laughs> My personality's developed great, and you know my my personal life, Ryak's personal life in terms of getting married and becoming a man has come along great. I just like to see a little more action. But that's just me and my me and my manliness, <laughs> my <little laughs> testosterone. Um, have you ever been a victim of Christopher's practical jokes? Thankfully, no. <laughs> I've I've more been like a an. A, uh, an accomplice in Chris's past. Oh, you know? no. Yeah, he, he, never, he never did anything to me, thankfully. But, um, yeah, you know, if I see him, if he's, if he's going to slip something onto somebody's costume and, and, like, not let them know during the scene, like a gummy bear on, to, on top of Buddy's forehead, I'll, 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 I'll put a little distraction or, you know, needless to say, that is, if, if Chris is on camera and I'm off camera, I try and mess with him just to get a little revenge for everybody else, you know? Like, like how? Well, like, say we're doing a scene, but I'm off camera, camera's over my shoulder. You know, it's very serious. I'll flare my nostrils, and I'll move my ears. <laughs> and, you know, just something <laughs> subtle. Just something <laughs> subtle to see if it's going to throw him off his game or not, you know? Did it ever? Uh, no, it didn't. <laughs> Chris is on his game. We'll give him that. <laughs> uh, Emily, she would like to know um, some... That lady. <laughs> she would like to know some of your most memorable moments from behind the scenes. Hmm. Besides the rain and getting mm -hmm. darker. Wow, there's a lot. There's a lot of memorable moments. <laughs> um, trying to trying to narrow it down a few here. Um, I remember sitting behind the mon monitors with Andy Makita and Michael mm -hmm. Greenberg. And just listening to those guys, you know, work it over the creative process, you really pick up a lot, you know, you really pick up so much sitting there. And I have to say, just the learning of experience, because, you know, they're really open about, you know, what it takes to produce a show, what it takes to direct, you know, just, I mean, putting a camera up is not as simple as putting up a camera and pointing it, you know, you've got to measure, you've got to do the measurements for every point you hit in the scene, and then someone's got to pull focus, and you've got to make sure that the lens has the right depth of field. You learn a lot. That's, that's really one of my fondest memories of sitting there with those guys, these huge influential guys, you know, in the film and TV world, and just being able to learn from them. Um, another great memory is watching the playoffs with RDA in his trailer. Uh, uh, he likes uh. the hockey. He likes his hockey. Um, actually, the characters, my agency, which we're sitting in right now, they throw a Christmas party every year. And the whole cast of, of, of Stargate is represented in Canada by, well, most of them are represented in Canada by the characters. And the rest of them just show up anyway because they're invited. And uh, that's one of my fondest memories, too, is partying with Michael Shanks and the judge sitting there <laughs> telling good tales. You know, we're really like a, a one big family. There's, there's so many jokes and, you know, so many little moments that, you know, you share together that it really adds up. It's, it's literally like hanging out and trying to point to one of your mo moments with your friends and saying, oh, what's your, what's your favorite moment hanging out with your friends? It's kind of it's hard to put down. Mm -hmm. right? So that was a long, bumbling answer, but there you go. <laughs> We've got to bring some resolution, you know. That is to say, hopefully, no one 
not everyone gets killed off or anything, but it's looking like I will be back. Um, I believe my last line in Sacrifices was, I will see you soon. Mm. So, or one of my last lines was, I will see you soon, Father. So I didn't write that line. So hopefully <laughs> someone out there at MGM is looking out for me. <laughs> um, if your days on Stargate are over, are you satisfied? Are you fulfilled? No. You're not? No. Okay. Simple, simple answer. No, I'm not. Gotta come back. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be, I think it'd be unfulfilling to the fans, you know, like, I left, I got married, what happens? Do, I mean, okay, if I'm gonna settle down and live, live the married man's life, let us know, you know? Yeah. But, um, I'm not satisfied, and I don't think, you know, anyone in production is satisfied with that, really, so we'll Good. see what happens. Good. I think I'll be back. Good. Did the show teach you anything as an actor? Oh, tons. Totally. Um, acting is like, you know, you, it's something you're constantly learning at. Mm -hmm. You know, even Anthony Hopkins says he constantly, like, tries to refine his craft and, and work and learn at it. And, you know, just having an opportunity to work with the same character for all this time really allows you to, to develop, you know, how you as an actor have these little nuances, you know. And I'm at a stage now where I do all my prep work and then I, I try and get in front of the camera and do my scene and I couldn't tell you what goes through my head, you know. I'm, I'm at a point where I don't think about it really while I'm doing my scene. And the shows really helped me do that and get comfortable with my own process because I've had such, so many opportunities to work on the same character. You know? um, so it's taught me, it's taught me tons. It's, um, working with Peter DeLuise, he will, he will call you when, you're, when he sees it. He will call you and say, no, I don't believe it. Let's do it again. You know? <laughs> so it's definitely a learning process. No one's afraid to uh, call you on it. So the show is very good to me in that respect. The, uh, there's been a formation of uh, a Jaffa nation at the end of, uh, near the end of season eight. Mm -hmm. How do you think that will affect your character? more responsibility I mean. well of course there'll be more responsibilities I think um, you know it's eventually it's leaning towards like a Jaffa parliament or a senate almost you know a consortium of these people and, um, I think you know Rack could have many different large parts to play in that be it one as a diplomatic role or more of an upfront kind of you know I'm going to fight and be on the front lines mm. this is what I'm saying there's, there's lots of places to take you know the character and this there has to be resolution. If this is the final season, there has to be resolution. So we'll see where they take it. It could be interesting. It could definitely be interesting. Do you think Ryak would uh, prefer a desk job, or do you think he would be on the front lines with the, the troops? Mm, I don't think he'd think taking a diplomatic role would... I don't think he'd see that as a desk job. Um, he's definitely an eloquent enough speaker. Um, whether he'd be happy with that as a permanent position, no, of course not. Mm. You know? he's, he's a warrior at heart. And um, he's going to want to be out there fighting the good fight. But he wouldn't flinch at, you know, sitting down and being diplomatic and discussing and trying to organize the rebellion better, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would like to say to fans who have been watching you grow up all these years? Thank you for sticking with me. And uh, thank you for your support, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to do my first Stargate convention. And it was just overwhelming, you know, and such a great feeling to meet you guys and see the support and, you know, know that there's people out there that appreciate it. So thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. You know, I never, I never really got to see that side of things until I did the convention and got one-on-one -on -one with the fans. 
and it's just an amazing, amazing feeling. So mm. I really, uh, I'm in debt to you guys for that. Neil, thank you. Thank you very, very much. much. Awesome. Thank you.